This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello. Yo. Hi. So we just had technical issues. We just literally did the entire podcast. Yeah. And my computer like... lost the whole show. My computer pretty much exploded. God. And somehow we lost everything. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, so... so bad. So you missed out. If, 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 Glad you brought it up because I'm very upset about it. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll quickly recap what we talked about. So there's a guy named Sergio Dip who's a sideline reporter for ESPN. He gave the worst sideline report of all time. And Sam, Bass, and I, Bass will be back in a few minutes. Bass, Bass Sam, and I just did a whole podcast, all of us. So yeah. Bass will be back on in a few minutes. We did a whole podcast, and then Bass, and then Abe, something happened, and we lost them. Yeah. And then... Me and Bates were laughing and saying, I bet you he lost everything. They said, I never lose everything, but it actually has happened before. I do think you need some kind of software upgrade. I, 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 I have top-of-the-line software. What happened was... Well, it's not... It's top-of-the-line. If you want me to get good. technical here, for some reason, there's a cable on my computer that's connected okay. to the sound card. Okay. And for some reason, that came loose. So it stopped... Did we get a new cable? It stopped... No, it's just a regular... I, I don't... It, st- it, it doesn't matter. It stopped the program. It made me restart. And when I restarted, everything was missing. But whatever. So oh, we'll quickly, we'll quickly. Re- Sorry, Sam. Oh, Sa- no, I, Sa- mean, it, I think it's, it's just good to be honest about it, right? Like it does suck. You're acting like Sergio Dip right now. <laughs> so this guy, Sergio Dip, gave the shittiest sideline report ever. Okay. I suggested that. Maybe he was having a stroke on camera. That's how bad it was. I thought it could have been like he won a contest, like he was some kid from high school who won a contest. It was maybe a make-a-wish type situation. Listen to this sideline report. It's one of the worst things you'll ever hear. Here's Sergio Dip. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. On the this screen. diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life this night making his head coaching debut. Way too many words. He's, he's, he's saying too many words. Right now, his word, whatever. So I, I didn't even want to make fun of this. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, poor guy. He won some kind of contest for like, be a star on TV, you know. They pulled one random name and they literally let him do a sideline report. That's what I thought was happening. Not the case. This is him apologizing today. It's been a couple of hours now trying to digest what just happened to a 29-year-old Mexican guy like me. It's 90- Oh, before I play this, I should mention that he makes every excuse he could think of. He keeps mentioning that he's Mexican. He keeps mentioning 9-11. He mentions that he was like six years old during 9-11 and Sam on the Erased podcast mentioned that if he's 29 years old on 9-11, that means he was like 13 years old. So he lies about his age, keeps mentioning 9-11, keeps mentioning the word minority. 
Just listen to he just he can't every excuse he could think of he mentions. It's been a couple of hours now trying to digest what just happened to a 29-year-old Mexican guy like me. It's 9-11. I'm in Denver, Colorado, and this is the NFL. A Monday night football game between the Broncos and the Chargers, the biggest stage possible. I was studying my elementary school September 11, 2001. In Calexico, California. Born in Mexicali, back in California, Mexico. But gr- Who cares? Growing up in the American environment as a minority. A minority like head coaches Vance Joseph and Anthony Lynn. So what I wanted to do was to show some respect. Making my debut as a minority on American national tv the biggest stage out there on the most heartfelt day in this great country made up by immigrants and on some people's perspective it all went wrong but i truly meant no disrespect because all i wanted to do was to show some love to this two historical head coaches hopefully i'll have another chance and be sure I'll make the most out of it. What makes anyone think he would make the most out of a second chance? <laughs> There's no way if he had a second chance he'd make uh, the most he had of something else. I mean, could you how many excuses did you hear in that? Was it a minute and a half? Yeah, there were I think we went through them last time. There were probably at least ten. Ten ten, fifteen excuses. So just say, hey, I messed up. And like I said, I really felt bad for the guy. Like I, I'm like, oh that sucks. I did, I would have never mentioned this until I heard that video. That pathetic, uh, enough already. You're on ESPN. A minority and these great coaches celebration. No, they're they're unknown coaches. They're not historical coaches. This isn't the first (laughs) game where two black coaches went against each other. Lovey Smith went against Tony Dungy. This isn't the first time. He's using anything he can to have people latch onto him. And we were just looking at Jamel Hill, the woman who got in trouble for, what was she tweeting, Sam? Like that Trump's uh, in the KKK. She tweeted that Trump was, she's a, well, she's an ESPN Sports Center anchor, um, apparently one of their more popular anchors. I don't really watch Sports Center. Um, but she tweeted that Trump was a white supremacist, which I think is a little bit much. I mean, you know, being, I'm very progressive, um, but I just don't think I would want to go to Sports Center to hear Scott Van Pelt political opinion yeah so i i just i think it's out of place and i just think that you know a lot of sports fans come from all walks of life and you're you tweet something that extreme that's what you were saying that's basically like if you know uh, chris mortensen tweeted that obama was a muslim it's just like you're you're immediately turning off half of your fan base if not more there's no reason to do it so for a reaction so she of course she said that uh to sergio dip don't don't listen to what any of these morons say. Like most people can't do a sideline report in their second language like you could. So of course, of course, she would defend him, right? Like she, of course, she would defend that sob story apology. Just just say, <laughs> "Oh, I messed up," or don't say anything at all. You don't need to do that whole thing where you're trying to get people to feel sorry for you. Just any any hot word he could think of 
for someone like Jamel Hill to latch on to. And believe me, normally I would never defend Donald Trump. But no, this, it's, not, it's not about defending Donald Trump. But it's I'm saying, like, it, may, it makes her behavior was inappropriate. But it just shows how ridiculous she is. Like, she's forcing me to like say that Donald Trump isn't right. what she says he is. She's forcing most rational people on the left to say, you know what, you're just taking it too far now. I was saying, do you think that like Sergio Dip was like just ushered out of the building after that report? Yeah, I don't I, think well. Having, I don't think he's be back on the sidelines anytime soon. These coaches having the time of their lives. Get him out. Here's Sergio Dick. Beth, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity. You watch him now on the screen. In his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life this night making his head coaching debut. Why is he talking about the guy just because he's black like he's some kind of like special needs case? I know. Having the time of his life. Like, oh, like, oh, look at look look look, look at him having look at him having the time of his life. Why can't a white coach have you know what I mean? Like he he's He's almost talking down about him, like like he's like almost well, I, like he's some. I, mean, I didn't really, I didn't necessarily infer that, but I, I just think I, I think he was at a loss. And he just did not know what to say, so he decided he kept saying the first thing that came to mind. I don't know if it was like a racial put down. But it's just like why, why, why is the black guy having the time of his life? Like this is like such a special moment for him. No, he's he's a he's a good coach, and he's in the NFL. Like you don't need to like rationalize i mean he's, he's a good coach and that's it let him right. just be a, let him how about this could he just be a coach give right. the guy the, the dignity was, of just be why, why can't so dumb. The was so dumb. just give the guy a chance to just be a coach like uh who's who's the steelers coach um mike tomlin that guy's one of the best coaches in the nfl he's won super bowls and everything no one says he's black coach, Mike. Let's go to African American coach. No, he's just a great coach. Let the guy just be a coach. Right. You don't. You don't have to keep talking about all that stuff. Just let 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 it be. Yeah, it's it's, it's not an I was saying that it would be funny if like Sergio Dip, if like ESPN just they ushered him out of the building, they put him in a limo, and then they like threw him out of the limo like David Ruffin in the Temptations movie. I was then put into ESPN limo and thrown out of limo. And I tried to hail cab, but no one would pick me up because I'm minority. Then I walked back to hotel room and made this video. I planned on having the time of my life. But I ended up being disgraced on 9-11. A guy who... Was he born in Mexico? Did he say? I think he said he was. Yeah. I mean, did not was was he a nine eleven victim? He did, wasn't. I definitely don't think he was. <laughs> did someone in his family died at in nine eleven? I think if he was, he I think he would have definitely told us that that was the case. That, that he would. That's how he would have kicked off the, the yeah, apology. He right? Definitely made a point of that. My uncle died at nine eleven. 
<laughs> and, you know, at least at least maybe that would have been a good excuse, right? If you're broadcasting on 9-11, your uncle died in one of the towers. Okay, now I understand why you were choked up. Let's just hope they don't give him an... I mean, I'm all about second chances, but after that pathetic apology, and like I said, I really felt bad for the guy. I really wanted him to succeed. After that, I'm like, man, I hope whatever the situation is, if he was having a stroke, if he won some kind of contest, whatever it might have been, I hope that, you know, this isn't the last we see of him. But now I'm hoping that if you're if you're going to use that kind of rhetoric immediately and, like, just the sob story, that's not the kind of guy you really want on TV because he's going to do it again. The next incident that happens with him, you know he'll be using anything to his advantage. Today is President's Day, and... I'm reminded of when Abraham Lincoln was shot and killed. On the day we celebrate our presidents, pre- some presidents like Kennedy were killed. Yeah, I really hope we won't be seeing a lot more of Sergio Dip on <laughs> sidelines anytime soon. I, I, I don't even want to. I just rather just just get cut their losses with him. I don't <laughs> know how he ended up there in the first place. Let's, cut, a, let's cut our losses. They had, they had the wrong Sergio Dip. I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's like an amazing Sergio Dip who does analysis and they have the wrong email. I don't know. All right, so let's just hope that's the last of Sergio Dip. Did we talk since I was at the Conor McGregor fight in Vegas? I don't think so, right? Mm, I, I'm not sure. I, I thought so, but maybe that was just you and I having a conversation. What do you think about those guys, those TSA guys, who they're like real pushy and they think they're like, like do TSA police guards, yeah. are, are they like highly paid people? No. Okay. That's part of the problem. Okay, because the guy, when I was walking through the uh, the luggage area, this guy named Chris, he kept saying, if you're old enough to hold a conversation, you're old enough to hold a piece of paper. If you're old enough to have a conversation, you're old enough to hold a piece of paper. If you're old enough to hold the conversation... I don't even understand that. What is, what is it that doesn't even- make sense. He, he want, Okay, so he wanted us to hold our, our boarding pass. So he kept saying, just over, like he literally, like as I was like 70 people back, right? So I heard this over and over and over. If you're old enough to hold a piece of paper, you're, or if you're old enough to hold a conversation, you're old enough to hold a piece of paper. Over, can you imagine just saying that thousands of times a day? That's, uh, that would piss me off. So he was just walking around, literally saying that. That's all he kept saying over and over. It didn't even make sense. No one even, no one even, yeah. it didn't even make sense at all. It's not like people weren't holding their boarding passes. If you're old enough to hold the conversation, you're old enough to hold a sheet of paper. Did you grab the boarding pass or? No. When I, so then when I was up at the, uh, like the guy checking everyone in, he like, um, he called that guy over there, or not me, the guy in front of me. And he goes, supervisor. And then the guy walked over. He's like, uh, it's Chris. Why don't you try that next time? Like, you could just tell this guy's a prick. Like, this old guy called him over. Supervisor, uh, my name's Chris. Try try saying that next time. Why can't he just call you supervisor, asshole? Uh, like, like, it's so important to call you by name. So ridiculous. I'm Chris. And then he went right back into his routine about the sheet of paper. But isn't that the kind of guy that would get that kind of job? Oh, for sure. Like they're they're always that kind of guy, that kind of an asshole. Like, do you think he worked on that? Like, he didn't just come up with that line, right? 
You think one day at dinner he's I, like, I'm, I'm sure that man? line, he probably, he probably utters that line four hours a day every single day. But how did he come up with it? it, it like, the minute he was the, C, the, the TSA yeah, supervisor. It makes no sense. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to make any sense at all. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Like did his friend like did did he steal that from someone was was he was he on an airplane in Phoenix somewhere yeah and he heard really so he's like oh line. I like that that's great like you know like a musical artist will hear something and then they'll put that in a song yeah you think Chris was like in Phoenix and some guy goes if you're old enough to hold the conversation you're old enough to hold a sheet of paper <laughs> oh my that's, god that's great that's great but Go did you. That. If, if I if I had to say that twice, I'd, I'd want to shoot myself. Just standing there, standing there ten hours a day, saying that line over and over. Why can't you just say "hold your boarding pass"? Why do you have to have that kind of ignorance with it? Just say, "Hey, make sure to hold yeah. your boarding pass in line." Instead, you have to come up with this clever saying. If you're old enough to hold the conversation, you're, and that doesn't make sense either. If you're old enough to hold a conversation, what what does that mean? No, uh, it doesn't. I don't. Yeah, it makes no. It doesn't make any sense. I have, I have no idea what it means. It makes zero, <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing. Also on that Vegas like trip, really bad. For the second time now, I've walked in the women's bathroom. Did you really? Yeah, I, I sent you guys a text. Now, now at this point, I think you're doing it. No, they they had. It was very I confusing. Think, I, I think you're like this weird person. <laughs> Well, last like, I, time I never thought that until this very moment. Last time, no, if, if you, look at you as like a weird pervert. If you didn't hear that podcast, I, I I walked in the women's bathroom, checked every stall. I thought it was the men's bathroom. D- didn't even notice there weren't urinals. It was just all stalls because you know when you have to go really bad. I literally walked through every stall to find the cleanest stall. Went in there, saw a high heel next to me. I thought it was like a transgender guy or something. And then I I like peeked my head out and I I, I hear all these women talking and stuff. So I accidentally walked into the women's bathroom. And then I, I luckily I was able to run out. This time I walked straight in and there were like ten women at the sink. And I I didn't even notice them. My God. I didn't even notice for you sure you're not doing this on purpose? Hang on. I didn't notice it. And then some lady walked sure. up to me, she's like, Hey, this is the women's bathroom. I'm like, oh shit. Like, how did I just walk in? There were a bunch of women in the bathroom. I didn't even notice them yeah. standing there. Are you were you on your phone? I mean, I don't I don't understand how this happened. Like what how did it happen? Yeah, I, I I probably was on my maybe I was on my phone. I don't know because base goes, dude, stop texting. Yeah, I mean, you sure you're not like unconsciously doing it on purpose? No, I'm not, no, I'm not. All right, I mean, it's that's that's getting kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> the way, believe me, the way it was labeled, it was very confusing. Like the men's oh, sign was in the middle. Okay, so, so, so tell me how. Okay, now, now this is interesting. So. How was it? How was it confusing the way it was labeled? I really want to know. It said men, and it was like in the center of the two sides. And then not till when okay, I came so out, said, I noticed that the women's so the, the, the women's door said men. Is that what you're saying? No, like okay, so the the middle, you know, like the middle section, like in between, like okay. so. There's two bathrooms right next to each other. There's some men in the middle. Okay. In the middle, it said men. Normally, it would be on the far right and the far left. It would say men or women, right? And then that middle part would be empty. It said men in the okay. middle. So I just walked straight in and I didn't even think about it. But then when I came out, I noticed that on the far left, it said women. So they, they, had, they had the signs misplaced, kind of. Like, a confused. Like, probably not. Most people wouldn't be confused. But if you're, uh, if you're texting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Man. I, I've never once been confused. That's, that's really weird to me. 
If it happens again, we're definitely going to get you help, okay? If it happens again, <laughs> will you at least admit it's probably intentional? I mean... Will you admit it? If but it happens what? again, will you at least say, will you at least say this, say, you know what, I don't know why, but I'm definitely doing it on purpose, even though I don't intend to. Something's happened. There were like seven women at the sink, too. Not even As soon as the lady who's coming out of the stall noticed me in there... Then I noticed all the women by the sink. Maybe because I was also I was at Guy Fieri's restaurant, too. So I think I was in such a desperate situation to use the bathroom. That maybe the guy, only, the guy only has men's rooms. Every room says men. You no, know, but like and that last time, too, when I actually went in the women's bathroom, it was because I was at the BLT um, Steakhouse brunch. <laughs> And I was in such a desperate position to get into a bathroom. You, I think that could have also had to do with it. Yeah. Because I was so desperate to get to a stall in both situations. I think that's part of it. When I was actually at Guy Fieri's restaurant, the guy next to me, he looked like Everlast. He had hickeys all over his neck. Isn't there a certain kind of individual that gets hickeys? Yeah, scumbag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who <laughs> does that? How do you... When you get a hickey, do you just like... Do you tell them to do it? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I, I, don't know, I, don't, I really don't know. The I, just, I mean, would you see? I feel like it only happens to, like, the biggest trash. I don't know. <laughs> so if you're at, like, a certain trash level, you're capable of giving one and taking one. I, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, this guy, his neck was just covered <laughs> in hickeys. He had, and he had a gold chain on, too, with, like, a, a white T-shirt. Of course. He had that, like, he had the Everlast chin strap beard being real loud. I understand, like, the guys, they, they give them to the girls to, like, mark their territory. It's like pissing on a wall or something. Like, this is mine. <laughs> but when the guy has it done to him, like, does he tell her, like, give me one. Give me one, girl. Do it, girl. <laughs> Light up my neck. Yep, I think anyone who would give one would probably say it that way. Light up my neck. That sounds about right. Wound, wound my neck. <laughs> give me those wounds. <laughs> you wonder though if they like if they plan it out like that's all they're thinking about like oh man I gotta get I gotta get these marks all over me and like how long do you do you like always get them like every sexual encounter they have do they have to do that I feel like people who usually have them always have like have had them since they were 12 and like <laughs> always had one <laughs> kind of what I make it bleed <laughs> keep going till it bleeds that's so gross but anyway, Sam, you got to go. So base base will join me for the second you. half of the podcast. Right, sorry we lost that one, but um, I will talk to you later. All right, later. Peace. And now base joins the podcast. Hello. I mentioned base that we did the entire podcast and uh, things went haywire. <laughs> so. Well, don't worry. I remember every single word I said in the last part. <laughs> you know, it's funny, base. I was just talking about when I was in Vegas and. Uh, when I was playing poker, there was this slob sitting next to me, and he was playing poker, and he was talking on his phone, like, through the headphones. Is that illegal? No, you could, during poker, you could. Like, blackjack, you can't do that, but poker, you could. Oh, okay. But you're not supposed to be on your phone. You could text, but he had the headphones, and he was, like, loud as fuck. And he's like, yo, I told Tamika, we way past checking phones. That's rude as fuck. But he's like, this is a slob, right? And he's talking about some girl named Tamika. That he's like, <laughs> like I tell Tamika, we way past checking phones. If I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna fuck. Like who? Who are? Like who are you, slob? Like this well, not just that, but hey, dude, I, I I'm always mad when 
you're at a public place and you all are forced to be in a spot together and people are on their phones. Like if I'm in the gym and I'm like on a treadmill and somebody's a lot as fuck on their phone, I'm like, just go go home. Yeah, get out you of here. Obviously, going to be on the phone. Just go somewhere else. Yeah, like you you don't you don't need to be on the phone this second. No. Like we're all in this little one spot together for a temporary amount of time. Like you said, it'd be one thing to text, but come on. Yeah, texting is fine. Like when you're playing poker, you're on your phone the whole time texting. But you shouldn't be on the phone screen. And then he's like talking about the hands. He's like, this motherfucker. He's like, he just called me. He probably got Ace King. He probably got Ace King or Ace Queen. Like, there's like six people in the hand, and you're like talking about what the guy has. Like, oh, we he's can't. talking about their hands, too. That's fucked up. Yeah. Like, this motherfucker just called me. Tell me you took him out. Tell me you took him out. No, someone someone took him out, and then he left. He's like, I'm. <laughs> and then he goes, I'm sick this of this. Motherfucker. And then he goes, I'm sick of this low limit shit anyway. Yeah, right. Like, you play high limits. Yeah. I live in there now putting up with that asshole on the phone talking shit about other people's hands. And then uh, on my way home from Vegas, I had one of those flight attendants that like went out of his way to show me that he was straight. Have you ever had that happen? I've never had that happen, but I've noticed that flight attendants these days are not very nice. Well, most of the men flight attendants, and this is just by my experience, and I've been on a lot of flights, almost all of them are gay. And it seems like it. So, I and you're, you know you're right. A lot a lot of the flight tents are pretty mean, and and it's not, the guys are actually usually pretty nice. A lot I, of the, I've had it actually. The other, I've had it where I, I've not been happy with anybody there. You've had the men and women mean. Men and women. I like the, the last I'd say ninety percent of my flights. I'd say over the last four years, I mean, we've been on I maybe mean, about six flights. I haven't flown that much, but every time I've been like, man, these people are not very nice. It seems like everything is like a chore. The minute you walk in, they're like, all right, sit down. Sit down. If, you're, if it doesn't fit, we'll check it in. Sit down. Put on your seatbelt. Is your bag too big, sir? Sir? Is your seat in the upright <laughs> position? Your seatbelt. Your seatbelt. And then they go out of their way. Like, if they know that you're taking off your seatbelt, they'll, they'll keep coming back to just mess with you. Oh, yeah. But this guy, so he was really nice, but he kept saying stuff about, uh, haha. Yeah, you're smart, man. You're not bringing any sand to the beach. <laughs> and he just kept. Well, how, he, do you know, how do you know he wasn't referring to guys? Yeah, he, maybe he was gay and he was hitting on me. But I'm pretty sure that he was going out of his way to show me that he was straight. Because uh, I maybe that's, what, maybe that's what he was kind of doing, and then kind of buttering you up a little bit. Because I think most flight attendants they assume that you think they're gay if they're a guy. Yeah, it's, that's a pretty hard one to to say I'm straight. How do you even get into that industry? Like. First of all, I'm like 6'2", so it would be almost impossible, right? Because I take up the whole aisle. <laughs> shouldn't you? Shouldn't flight attendants all be like 5'3"? Well, not only 5'3", but they all have to be like 111 pounds. Because a guy <laughs> like me, I'm hitting everybody on the, on the aisle seat just walking through. Yeah, can you imagine your ass and legs just slamming everyone's elbow every time you my walk ass. through? Can you imagine my gut every time I turn around just smash It'd be like... <laughs> just across... <laughs> Even when I board a flight, I'm already I'm just apologizing out loud without even hitting anybody yet. Sorry, sorry, I'm coming through. Sorry, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I definitely hit you. Didn't mean to step on your foot. Yep, sorry. And you know when you hand everyone peanuts, you'd be sweating. You'd be like dripping sweat on them into their liquid. Oh God, yeah. I'm like, lady, what do you want for? What do you want to drink? I can't hold this cart anymore. 
<laughs> they have that tray now they bring around. I would never want to hold that. First of all, I don't understand how waiters. They, they, you ever see waiters with that huge tray? They put it over their head with like yeah, five hundred plates. I can't hold two plates. I don't understand how people have a good enough short term memory to memorize the entire wait staff or entire table full of people's meals without writing it down. Yeah, like why would you do that anyway? Like I, I think yeah. they get off on it. Like there's, they might, but it, it looks so dumb. And fine. Then they come. Then, then obviously a bus boy comes over to you, and they're like, "Okay, so which one of you got the uh, eggplant parmesan?" Yeah, well, but if like asshole waiter would have written it down. You maybe you know. Yeah, but if you if you have like specific orders, like if I say, "Oh no, whatever, no onions, extra mayo," like you can't remember all that if every order is like that. I agree. There's I a, agree. There's a hot dog place here in Chicago called Jackie's, and there was a woman in there who memorized every order, like to the T. You could literally order 35 hot dogs, all different, and she would memorize it. Like, you'd go in there, and she, I think that was, like, her gimmick. How do you have a short-term memory like that? Three hot dogs, everything, two with only ketchup, mustard, pickle, two with pickle, only two mustard, only five cheeseburgers, two more hot dogs with only tomato and and, uh, green pepper or peppers, and two hot dogs with everything. Is that right? And then she'd always ask you if that's right at the end, so that you could, like, be like, whoa! Like they say in a rock sale. There's nothing sad in our life than wasted talent. What are you doing at a hot dog joint with a memory like that? Exactly. Like, she should be on, like, uh, Jeopardy or something. Jeopardy? She should be at the freaking stock exchange fucking buying and selling at will. No, but if you could memorize stuff like that, you could just, like, go through books and just memorize all kinds of facts and go on Jeopardy. Yeah, I will. Anything. Anything except for selling hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be great jobs for people with good memories. I'm sure there are. I know all nine foods that start with the letter Q. What is a quince? What is a quiche? What is a quahog? <laughs> what is a quince? That's a white man can't jump reference if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, on the way home then, I got the uh, the famed um, emergency aisle seat. Which I am still jealous that you can always pull off. Which is wonderful because... You're basically lying and saying that if there's a crash that you'll help people get off the plane, which that's the last thing you're thinking of. All you care every, about is getting tons of leg room. Every time I've ever been on a flight and I've gone past the emergency room, I don't trust them to bust them with a door and save my life. No way. Nor would I trust myself to help anyone. Well, then again, nine times out of ten, at that point, crashes, nobody's making it. So yeah. and, and, and if they do make it, no one's worried about me helping anyone out the window. Everyone's just trying to get out the window. My favorite is that they try to tell you that if you can take the door and put it back in the plane, so everything's okay. Like, I am crashing through windows. I am breaking that plane <laughs> apart. I am one yeah. ounce of energy. I am floating on top of a flight attendant if I can. Yeah. Whatever and you better, I can do to survive, I'm in. You better believe if that if that door floats, I'm laying on the door. Titanic style. Yeah, I'm not going to just have a life jacket, some shitty life jacket, and just like try to tread water. If, if there's some yeah. big floatable door that I could lay on, I'll be laying on that door. <laughs> I'm taking the wing if it's floating. And like you see, everyone, like you said, most crashes, there's no survivors, but sometimes you'll see them land in the ocean somewhere. And you never hear them say, like, Abe Cannon helped 35 people off the flight. As, <laughs> as you might have guessed, Abe was in the emergency aisle. And, yeah. uh,. And your your first order of business is now like, all right, so I need everybody to file in a single file. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, ah! I'd yeah. be crying. 
Yeah, I'd be like, you know, two hands smashing the door open. Everybody out, out, out. I don't even know if this would happen, but I would just assume that the plane's about to explode, wouldn't you? Oh, I would I would swim as far away as I could. Yeah, like I wouldn't I, I'd be like, this plane's probably gonna explode pretty soon. So the quicker <laughs> I get off and what and, and okay, so if you're in the emergency aisle, right, and they're like, Oh, you you'll help people get off? What, why would you want me standing there blocking the lane? Yeah. Or am I supposed to like sit outside on the wing and help people? <laughs> Maybe I should read those directions that, that I I lie and say that I read. Like I've never yeah, I've literally go, have, you, have you read the instructions to know what you got to do in the case of yes. a Oh yeah, yeah, sure. With my headphones on. <laughs> yeah, sir. Can you take your headphones off just for a second? Just say yes. Yes. You didn't even. I didn't even ask the question yet. Oh, okay. Yes. And I love. I love the fact that they're trusting a guy like you who just came off a weekend bender in Vegas <laughs> over and awake enough to answer the call of duty. Should there be yeah. an accident? Should there be an accident? Will you help? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the last thing I would do. But you better believe I would jump right out the window. <laughs> if I if I'm if I'm that close to not exploding, you don't think I would rip that red handle off and jump right out? <laughs> And and take take the door with me for flotation purposes. <laughs> and like, what do you? I, I, let, let's go through this real quick. What are you supposed to do, honestly? Like, I'm blocking the lane. There's a very small walkway. Like, there, it's a lot of leg room compared to other flight seats, but it's We're still not, not a lot much. of room. Yeah, not that much. So what? Am I supposed to just stand there and like tap them out? Like here, this way. <laughs> You'd want me up, and, wouldn't and you? If, and if something should go awry and you don't fulfill those duties, are you going to be named like in a newsletter? Like, yeah. everybody would have survived if only Abe Cannon would have fulfilled the duties that he agreed to when he sat on that seat. There was one survivor, Abe Cannon, who sat in seat 17C in the emergency <laughs> right by the window. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I read the door. It said, pull here. I, I, I threw the door out. I jumped on the door as a flotation device, and as I was floating away, the plane exploded. <laughs> and everyone else, everyone else died. Why didn't Why didn't you help everyone out like you're supposed to? Well, I didn't think I'd have enough time, and I was I was actually if if, if that actually happened, I did the right thing because at least oh, I saved yeah. my own life. Oh yeah! Just like you know when they say that the oxygen mask is going to come down, and they're like, "Put yours on before helping children." <laughs> Totally. You're, you're, but but honestly, if, if I was on the plane with your son DJ, I'd put his mask on before mine. I, to be honest, I don't know what I would do, Abe. If we're in a situation where those things fly out of there, I think I'm having a heart attack right there. there. Yeah, like yeah. Are you really thinking about like putting this oxygen mask yeah, on? I'd be like, oh shit, is this for real? Do I need this? <laughs> is this a drill? Yeah, if this is a drill, I'm pissing my pants. What do you want me to do? You see me jump out the window and the plane's still in the air? Like, I, I misread it. <laughs> no, sir, we actually hit a weird pocket. I, immediate, right. I immediately rip the door off and jump out the window. <laughs> oh, shit. Totally over thought this. All right, all right, people. I, I'm going to let I'm gonna let 170 people out of the plane, then I'm going to go out last. So that I don't, so I don't have a life jacket. <laughs> Will you help? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be a great way to test people, though, to actually hit those things down and see if the guy in the uh, in the emergency aisle either helps people or uh, opens the door real fast and flies out. Yeah, you're right. It's a good test. Oh, I was just testing it out to see what would happen. <laughs>
right, that guy obviously was selfish, so who else will sit here? Yeah, maybe they would do like a test. Like they, it's, it's a crash landing on purpose to see if the person in the emergency aisle will actually help. That'd be a dirty ass trick, though. Ah, I knew it. You're an asshole. Yeah, we knew you were an asshole. <laughs> I think you could. I think you could go to jail if you don't help. Really? I, I think. Let's see. What what what's the punishment for not helping on a plane? In the, in the emergency. I didn't, think, I didn't think you're taking a lawful oath. No, you are. For not helping. Oh, sorry, I thought I am. I miss. I misread the my interpretation of the instructions where it said I was supposed to help. I thought it meant all I was supposed to do was open the door and jump as far away as I could. Punishment for not helping in emergency. What should you do? I, I I don't I don't see. Let's see. Not helping on plane. Let's see. Is there a punishment? That's the question. Tort law that rises. Let's see. Common law systems. It's rarely formalized. Which would bring penalties. So, so, so rarely, like, there's nothing they could really do. I'm all saying, man, you can't just stand the seat and expect somebody to actually, like... It's a moral duty. To, it says it's a moral duty to rescue people. <laughs> that's a lot to ask of somebody who just wants a little extra leg room. <laughs> well, that's what they say. They're like, we can move you if, if you don't want to agree to this. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if there was a lawn lawn, I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm, I'm good with a little leg room. I don't want to be a fucking arrested if I should survive this yeah. one in a million fucking miracle. Yeah, it's already a miracle that I'm not dead yet. Yeah, let alone I could be facing jail charges. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you land and you're safe, that that's already the first miracle. And now you want me yeah. to, to, to 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 risk a second having to get a second miracle that the plane yeah. doesn't blow up? You're really, you're really asking a lot of something my fate here. That this engine and this jet fuel and all this shit, no, nothing's going to go haywire here now after crashing yeah. into the, the ocean? And that we're all neck deep in water? You're expecting me to just be calm? and, and Yeah. I'll make sure to get all these assholes off the plane that have been kneeing you in the back the whole flight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that is one thing i do love about vegas though is that like you're off the grid like you don't i mean when i was in vegas the hurricane in houston was going on i had no idea what was going on yeah there is a separation of reality for like a good 10 minutes i mean you literally know nothing because you're not you're not watching tv at all i mean you're checking your phone here and there but it's not like no you're in a vacuum so i wonder if you lived in vegas if it's like that like it's like you're just in a different like it, like you're 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 in the land of Oz. Well, I think I think like anything else. Whenever you're on a vacation, you kind of are you know unplugging in a sense. But especially when you're in Vegas and all you're doing is gambling and you're and you're knee deep in what's going on. And I'm sure you're probably not. But I mean, when I was in LA for those like that day and a half that that stuff in Charleston was going on, and I I kind of knew what was going on, but I kind of didn't just because I was on the move and had meetings. And by the time I got home, I'm like, oh shit, that was a big deal, I guess. Yeah, so I guess it's vacation. But I, I feel like Vegas is different. Like, you just don't know anything. All you care about is, like, getting to the roulette table. Or no, yeah, Vegas, Vegas is you're in a vacuum. You don't know what the hell's happening. You're just in a time warp that doesn't exist. 
Like, it's like you're just trying. It, it's like a form of survival. Like, you wake up, you're like, hmm, you, you have to get, like, food somehow. Yeah. How do I get food in me? How do I get my money out? And how do I, uh, how do I walk away from this place? Up? It's funny. When I was at, I was at a restaurant and I was like sitting right, like where you could see the kitchen and like all these different dishes coming out. It was like, I was watching a lineup of strippers coming out. I'm like, Ooh, look at that one. Oh man. <laughs> like that, that's, that's how you know it's fucked up when you start looking at food like that. Like it's strippers coming out. <laughs> and now here's the lineup. Here's Ramsey. Here's Jenna. But now it's like here's a stuffed lobster exactly porterhouse steak. Here's some smothered fries with bacon and sour cream. Ooh. Here's a Nutella and banana crepe. Time to get your forks and knives out. (laughs) You boys hungry? Coming up out of the kitchen, hot fuck Sunday. And then when I was trying to, like, eat my... I, I got, like, all this disgusting food. And then when I was trying to eat, the guy next to me had, like, not just skin tags, but it, he looked like a farm for skin tags. Like, they, like a scientist literally used him to grow all the skin tags in the world. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and they were just, like, you know... I mean, when you have that many, picture a bunch of... um. Like, picture a bunch of ants on the ground, like, smothering some kind of piece of food, like, that close to each other. Oh. When you have that many of them, I don't even know how you would wash them or... Like, do you just spray them with some water? Like, do you take, like, a like a Windex bottle and, like, fill it with water and just spray <laughs> like, do you just... You get well, one like, of these days, we've got to get a dermatologist on this podcast and just break down every inch of what skin tags are for you. Skin tags are sick. I mean... Not not to be an asshole. I mean, I don't know if, if if it requires a lot of money to get them burnt off. I mean, I guess I understand if you have literally no money, the skin tag probably isn't your first your top priority. But if you have any kind of extra money, like an extra fifty dollars, that should be your first order of business: is skin tag removal. <laughs> just burn them off. Oh, I think I think they just get burnt off, and that's it. But then I heard you know, they I heard all, they it all, it all sounds painful. It, but it's believe me. It, this is the kind of thing that is worth your your pain. <laughs> it's not like getting a tattoo. You're like I like the pain, bro. I like the no skin tags. What, I don't care if it if it felt like you were stabbed me in the nuts. The necessity. It really is. It, that that's the type of thing that uh, that you really need to take care of. Hey, base. I, I want to wrap up the podcast because this is like this is the second time we've done this whole podcast. I just want to mention one last thing before we go. Do you think it's hard? For gynecologists that have female friends that are also clients? Your one last things are always the most bizarre fucking things on earth. <laughs> I just have, every time you say, like, I have one one last thing to bring up, it should usually be like, hey, one last thing. Who do you uh, got for the uh, the Bears game today? Yours is, is it difficult for gynecologists <laughs> to have female friends. All right, forget what that. What wrong with you? All right, forget that. Don't you? We'll, we'll wrap it up on this then. And I want you to think about that for next week about the gynecologist, but this is more important. Don't you hate people who don't know the McDonald's menu when they walk in? I can't stand that. Uh, uh, let me get... No, hey, asshole. It's McDonald's. It's like you're in some new... Like, this isn't like, hey, it's John's Fat Burger Farm. Brand new. Check out our cool the menu. Only, the, only thing I, the only thing I give credence to is Taco Bell because you're always like, okay, what is new that came out that I don't remember? Yeah, that's fine, like, but McDonald's... Guys, and then they always get, like, a, a Big Mac. 
Yeah, McDonald's is always like, hey, what do you guys, what's new? What do you guys got? What do you guys got? You guys still have that double McCheese burger? Yeah, I'll, that, I'll get that. That sounds good. You have that one-fourth pounder? <laughs> I'll take the one-fourth pound sandwich. Does that, does that come with French fries? Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. I, I, You know what? You're right, Bass. I hate people who call them French fries. Yeah. French fries. I'll have the uh, one-fourth pound sandwich and uh, French fries. Yeah, does that come with a French fry? Don't you hate when they make vague orders, too? Like, I'll have a hamburger and French fries and a soda. Yeah. Hey, asshole, be more specific. They have 10 different kind of burgers, 15 different kinds of drinks, and a soda. And three different sizes of French fries. What do you want? A soda. Hey, asshole, <laughs> say the name of it, fuckhead. <laughs> so, base. finally, what, what, what's your thought on the gynecologist thing? I, I think it's harder for the girls to be friends with the guy than it is the guy to be with the girl. And is it weird if the gynecologist starts dating the girl? The only, the only scene I remember is from the hand that rocks that, the cradle. That would, I, from what I've, whenever I spoke to women, it would be very creepy. Where he takes the gloves off. <laughs> so <laughs> fucked up. And now I will do this. This procedure without any glove. Yeah. By the way, if you're a a female listener, the minute you hear that glove come off, you get the fuck out. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if he's changing gloves. The minute you hear the glove come off and both hands are in the air and there's still something inside of you, time to go. Just just the minute you hear the glove, like you should, the minute the gynecologist should have the gloves on as you're walking through the room, he should show you the gloves. His hands should never be out of your sight. When he starts working on you, that's the only time you won't be able to see the hands, and the gloves better still be on. He, like his all his first and last order of business should be showing you the gloves. So the minute you hear one glove snap, you get the fuck out. I don't care if you're in the stirrups or whatever. However, they they're seated in there. You 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 get you jump out. No matter what the situation is, you leave. The minute you hear that glove snap, and we'll wrap it up on that, Baze. And we'll wrap it up on that. See you guys. Later. Thank you, Abe. For all the laughter. David Blaine, your magic is real and I believe in you.